we good? Okay. Good morning. <laughs> it's good to be with you guys today. Um, it's funny because Facebook is amazing um, and tells you what you did a year ago. Um, and it told me that exactly one year ago today I was here speaking with you guys. Um, so that was really exciting that I'm here again. So um, thank you. Um, so today we, I'm sorry the readings were quite long, but Tina, you read them so well. I think we should have you read more often. Um, but I really want to make sure that we, we get the story. We don't just take a little bit out of the passage um, and try and work our way around that. So we're really today going to be coming out of these stories that we've just read. And they are amazing stories, do you think? So as, as a disciple of Christ, um, I believe that God heals. And it can be quite a touchy subject. Um, it's quite hard to understand. Um, and the, the readings that were up there, they are all about healing, God's healing love. Um, and so if you're just willing and able, would you raise your hand if you would say that you are a disciple of Christ? Fantastic. It's just so I know who I'm talking to. It's not a test or anything like that. Um, so let's just start. I've got um, a song. We're not going to listen to all of it. We're just going to have a little preview. Make sure I put the right one on. I might have a bit of blues if I press the wrong button. Okay. Sorry, Ian. on Jesus' face, and my whole world is not the same. And uh, when I first heard this song, make sure I stop it, um, I found it really hard to understand. Um, I really felt that I didn't understand what it meant to look at Jesus' face, and then things would be different, that I would possibly be healed, my life would be changed. Um, and it started to make me think that I wasn't seeing Jesus. And then as I listened to the song more and more, Jesus showed up through that song, um, and he reminded me that actually I'm seeing his face everywhere. I'm seeing it through the relationships I have with people, seeing it through creation, so through nature. Um, 
And I started to realise that, yeah, like when you do look at Jesus' face, however that might be, whether it is through relationships or uh, through prayer, your life is changed. And I think that is just unbelievable, that you can look, you can look at Jesus and your life will never be the same. And so that's what we're going to be looking at uh, briefly this morning. And um, I really believe that God is telling us to refocus on him. Um, and that's why oh, it's not there, but we've, I've called this a new horizon because instead of looking at the old, we're going to be looking at the new. We're going to be looking at Jesus, re- literally refocusing. And when I was praying about uh, this, this talk, um, I had an image of, um, I'm not a photographer, but um, a camera uh, lens, and someone was holding the camera lens, and they were literally refocusing it, making sure that the focus was just perfect. Um, and you know, like when you do photography, you it, it's like the tiniest little twist, and the focus will be clean, and it will be good from being blurred. Have you had that experience with a camera before? And so I really feel that that's what God is telling us to do with Him is we need to refocus our eyes onto him. And it could be the slightest little bit in our life that we need to just look away from or change or whatever. And we're going to go into that in a bit. But he wants us to look at him. Uh, so in, in the story um, in Acts 3, this is coming from a place where um, the crippled man before was healed. Um, so when Peter is speaking um, to the crowd, he is saying to them, you know, it's not by my power that that man was healed. It's by God. It's by the faith in Jesus. And this is the key thing. The faith in Jesus Christ is what healed that man. Unbelievable. He has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance and did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Here's the key bit. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. And so... Let's just, let's just go into that a little bit more. And have, have any of you, would you say that you've encountered Jesus? Yeah? And so when you encounter him, it's very rare that you leave the same way. It might not be that you've had this huge moment where you're like, um, I, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. But it, it could be the smallest thing, couldn't it? You could walk away with a question. Uh, you could walk away with um, like a concern, like you don't know what's going on. Or you could go away feeling fulfilled, refreshed, renewed by having an encounter with Jesus. And again, the encounter can be really, really small, but very, very significant. So in the passage that Tina read in Acts 3, um, it, he says, it's his name itself that made this man strong. And that just left me speechless, that it's by your faith in Jesus that you can be made strong, that you can be healed. And it, it made me question who Jesus is. Like, who is this Jesus that I have my faith in, that he can do something so powerful? And it made me want to experience these times of refreshing that he's talking about, that we can get in the presence of the Lord. So it was two things in that small passage We've got that, one, only Jesus has the power to heal. We can often put our faith in other things, 
um, hoping that they will bring healing and bring um, restoration to us. But only Jesus has the power to heal. And two, we receive the times of refreshing in his presence. So if you need healing, if you need refreshment, or if you just need to know Jesus more, then this message is for you. So let's think about refocusing on Jesus. Let's shift from relying on our own energy and our own strength to his power through our faith. So we often speak of following Jesus. Have any of you described your faith like, I'm seeking the Lord. I'm going to follow Jesus. You come back from our camps and we're, I'm really going to seek the Lord in a new way this time. Um, that can be a lot harder than it actually sounds. What about when there's a relationship breaking down? How do you seek the Lord in that hard time? When someone you love so much is ill and they're suffering, how do you seek the Lord? How do you seek Jesus' face in those times? What about when anxiety is crippling? How do you seek him in those times when money is tight? Or when you pray and you pray and you pray that a situation in your life is going to change and it just looks the same? How do you refocus and seek Jesus' face in those times? It can often be a lot easier when we're here at church, when we've got other people who are encouraging us along, which is amazing, and we are encouraged to be together. But what about when you're not in this place on a Sunday? When you go back to whatever is coming tomorrow, how do we seek his face and receive those times of refreshing in those situations? And so when reading the Gospels, um, I've really noticed that the disciples probably would have been watching Jesus quite a bit. Um, I mean, Jesus wasn't a normal man, really, was he? I mean, they were watching him. They're probably watching him because they want to know what he's going to do next. They're probably watching him because they were amazed and confused. They're probably also watching because they, they were included in his ministry. So, you know, like if, I mean, if you're on a team with someone, uh, you want to know what you need to be doing for like, your team leader. So I think they would have also been watching Jesus because they're like, what's he going to have me do next? Um, and so what I, it just made me realize, well, Jesus is still Jesus today. He's still Lord today. So we need to be watching him like they would have been watching him today. And um, I think it, it's so easy or easier sometimes to think of Jesus in, in the past because of what we've read in Scripture, what we know of him through the Bible, or we think of him in the future, what is to come. Again, what we've read in the Bible and what we're expecting of him. But to think of Jesus as Lord right now can sometimes be a little bit more difficult. It takes work from us because it means that we need to be seeking him. We need to be looking for his face. Um, so I, I work for a healing ministry, hence why I'm talking about healing. <laughs> um, and so I just want to flag up, like if you do have questions about healing, um, Christian healing, feel free to come chat to me afterwards because I know it is quite a, um, it can be controversial, it can be um, hard to understand, but do come and talk to me. Um, I'd love to chat further about it or talk to mum or someone. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but so at ACORN, um, ACORN Christian Healing Foundation, which is where I work, every day we pray together um, as a team. And one of the 
the prayers that we pray comes out of our values as well. So um, one of the prayers that we pray as a team together is, I humbly ask you to lead me as I take responsibility for the path that I walk today as a disciple of Christ. So I humbly ask you to lead me as I take responsibility for the path that I walk today as a disciple of Christ. And it's just a reminder that, just what I was saying, that it's, it is great that we have people around us, we need people around us to encourage us in our faith and, and point us closer to Jesus, but we need to take responsibility for our own faith. We can't just rely on Sunday morning, or I don't know what you might, you might go to a midweek uh, Bible study, we can't just rely on those things. We need to be led by Jesus and take responsibility for our own faith. So we're going to skip forward to Acts 9, which was the amazing story of Saul uh, regaining his, or losing his sight and regaining his sight. I love that Jesus sent Ananias to Saul in this story to confirm the vision that Saul was having of Jesus. I mean, Saul was blind, but he still saw Jesus. He still heard Jesus' voice. And I think that something I want to encourage us in today is that we can, we can feel blind. We can feel like we've got something over our eyes. I mean, just put, stick your hand over your eyes right now. Everything's gone. But you can still see Jesus. You can take your hands away. I don't want you to. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can still see Jesus in these times of darkness, these times of confusion or feeling like you're blind. So I love that Ananias was included in this um, and that he confirmed this vision. I love that Jesus turned up, that he was present, and that he spoke to Saul and he showed him his power. Not only in Saul's life, but the men who were traveling with him who stood speechless, is what it says. When was the last time you were made speechless? Can you remember? Has Jesus ever left you speechless? I think I, I, the last time I was left speechless was actually writing this sermon. Before then, I don't know when I was left speechless. Um, because I was reading the, the Acts 3 part, um, and it was saying how by faith in Jesus you're made strong, and that in his presence times of refreshing come. And I didn't know how to respond to that, because it's so amazing. And I was left speechless. And so I think we should pray that he will make us speechless. It can be a dangerous prayer. Even more amazingly, when Saul regains his sight, he also received spiritual insight into the person of Jesus Christ. When he got his sight back, he got a spiritual a spiritual insight into the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't just removing his sight for the fun of it, showing him how powerful he can be. You know, that's great. You cool that he can do that. We know that he can do like he can do anything. But the reason it was being done is because he wanted Saul to experience the presence of God. And so in being made blind, 
he actually was made, he was able to see the person of Jesus Christ. And from that, his life was changed forever. From just one look, his life wasn't the same again. And that's what he offers us too. The Lord sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. He saw Jesus, he heard Jesus' voice, but what did he actually see? I would love to know, like, I'd love to know what he actually saw to be able to then just completely change his life, have his life changed. He experienced that time of refreshing that's been promised to us. And it's in that, that moment where I, when I was reading this, where I also questioned, who are you, Lord? That's what he asks, doesn't he? I don't think he's asking, sort of like, who, who are you, Lord? Like, I think he knows that he's the Lord, but he's saying, who are you that you can do this? Makes me want to take just one more look on Jesus' face. It makes me want to take my gaze off all the other things that are capturing my attention, and I want to look at him. But it's hard. It makes me question, what am I putting in front of me that is stopping me from seeing Jesus' face. You know, I've met some amazing people in my life. I've got some amazing friends. Isla is my best friend. And being with Isla is one of the most fulfilling times because she's such an encourager. I mean, quite a lot of you know her. She's such an encourager, and she's, she's just what you need in a best friend. But she can't bring me the spiritual insight to Jesus that Jesus can. So take a moment to think back to the first time that you saw Jesus. When was it? How did he show himself to you? Where were you? Saul said, for I'm determined, well he was Paul at this point, for I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's quite a tall thing you know to try and live up to that is quite hard but that what what a way of um looking at life like to say that i i I don't want anything but jesus that's all i want he didn't allow anything to attract or hold the attention of his mind except the face of jesus christ we must learn to maintain the degree of character in our lives that Jesus has revealed to us. So how, like, who do you know Jesus to be? I mean, we, just, we were calling out names um, of who Jesus is. Has he shown you mercy? Has he shown you love, compassion, joy, peace? Because if he's shown you those things, we then need to live those things in our life. Not to be a better Christian, to be like the pristine Christian, but because if we start stepping into the love, stepping into the compassion that he's shown us, we're stepping into his presence. Does that make sense? We're stepping into what he's shown us so that we can see him and be closer to him and experience these times of refreshing. I need to crack on. So what I don't want us to think is that 
when I say that, you know, what, what's the thing that's in front of you that's stopping you from being closer to Jesus, I don't want us to think, oh man, here we go again. I need to examine myself and I need to change the way I'm living my life because it was usually at this point in a sermon where I would get to that, that mind frame and I'd be like, I, I'm never going to be what people want me to be. I'm never going to be the Christian that I should be. And it's exhausting. Think, like when, when you think about that one, it could be one thing that might be getting in the way of you being closer to the Lord. Actually, that becomes a huge burden because I think to myself, I'm never going to be what I need to be. I'm never going to be able to get that thing out the way. So I'm never going to experience the presence of the Lord like I, like I can. And that pushes you down. But that's not what it's about. He doesn't tell us to repent from our sins because he wants us to be this perfect Christian. He doesn't tell us to address the things that are getting in the way because he wants us to be perfect. He says this because he wants us to come into his presence, to experience his goodness, to experience the times of refreshing, to be healed, to know his love. It's all about us with Jesus. But it can, feel, it, it can feel like he's against us sometimes. And it's not, that's not how it is. And so I encourage us, when, when we read that bit back in Acts 3 where it says to repent, we can't look at that as a negative. He's, he's giving us this instruction because he wants us to be in his presence. He wants us to know his love. And I, I read something by John Piper um, a while ago, um, and it was all about, it says, like, everything you do, you should do it, it's, it's obviously in Scripture, to glorify the Lord. And it says, like, even when you're drinking a, a cup of orange juice, um, you should be doing that to glorify the Lord. And I was like, okay, how the heck do you do that? Like, I mean, I thank him for it when I drink it. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I started thinking, like, who, who is this God that he needs to constantly be glorified? Like, he sounds extremely insecure. That like he needs us to constantly be glorifying him. And then I was corrected again. <laughs> he, wants to be, he wants to be glorified because when he's glorified, we experience his goodness. We experience his love and his presence. I, think it's, I don't think it's possible to glorify the Lord and not, not know his presence. So when we glorify him, it's for us. Isn't that insane? <laughs> that when we lift his name, it's so we know his love. It's not because he wants us to just shout about him and he needs building up on a particular day. His focus is on us all the time, which makes me want to put my focus on him. Um, very quickly, before we, uh, we end, I just want to take us to Matthew 11. So if you've got your Bible with you, uh, just flick to Matthew 11. It's a really popular verse. You probably hear it a lot. Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, this is Jesus, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Whoo, that sounds good. Rest for the soul. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
We read that and it sounds very inviting. It is inviting, but it's not as easy as it sounds, again. Because in coming to Jesus, we don't come empty-handed. At least I don't think we do. Uh, I had a vision when, we, when I was preparing this talk, and um, those, a few of you come to ACORN regularly, which is so wonderful. Um, so I'm sorry that you're hearing this again, but the vision I got, I, just, I, I feel like it's not just for ACORN where I work. Um, I just had this vision of people um, packing up bags, uh, suitcases, backpacks of, of everything they have. Like, not just physical and, like, material things, but, like, the hurt that they have, the joy that they have at everything, all their emotions, all their character. They were joyfully packing it all up to go before Jesus and take it before him, like he's inviting us to do, to receive this rest in their souls. But there was one person just standing by themselves, and they had their bag, and it was empty. They just had this empty bag and they wouldn't put anything in it. Because it sounds very well to say, come before the Lord joyfully with everything. You know, put it, put it at the cross, put it at his feet. But actually, to pick up that thing that has brought me so much hurt, so much pain, stress... Forget picking it up, just looking at it is hard enough. Thinking about it is hard enough. And you're saying, pick it up and take it to the Lord where he will deal with it. No. That's too much. But that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because I think... There's two things here. I, th I think, one, yeah, it, it can really hurt to have to revisit something, to have to, uh, to, to face that thing. That can be very, very painful. But also, you could be feeling guilt. You could be feeling shame. And that could be stopping you from then taking it to Jesus because then he's going to have to deal with you. But we've got a loving God He's not going to deal with you. He's going to embrace you when you look in his eyes. Like, um, unbelievable. So there were some other scriptures, but we're not going to go into them because we haven't got time. But basically, there's one in, I think it's Luke, um, and he, it's saying that don't be blind to the things uh, that are causing you to slip up, basically if it's going to be a message version. <laughs> don't be blind to the things that will cause you to slip up. Don't, don't choose to ignore them, is what it's saying, because that's not going to make the situation any better. So by choosing to ignore the thing that is causing you so much hurt at that time isn't going to make the thing go away. Really, what we need to be doing is actually saying, OK, this might hurt for a little while, but I know that I've got a loving God who is going to lead me through this. And we should never feel guilt or shame before the Lord. So do you need to call on the Lord today? 
uh, someone, someone at work, when I did this talk, I found out afterwards I had a, I had a similar rock when I did it at Acorn, and um, they'd been holding on to something um, for, I think it was about seven years, um, that had just been weighing them down. And I found out that they ended up taking the rock that I used and then they just chucked it. We got a lot of land at Acorn. They just chucked it as far as they could. After seven years, they finally said, I'm going to call on the Lord. I'm going to look at his face. And they, you know, you receive, you receive healing. So it might be the most unbearable thing to acknowledge, but with the strength of Jesus Christ, you can pick it up and you can lay it before him and you can be restored. That thing might be all you see. It might be blinding you from seeing Jesus, but fix your eyes on what you cannot see. Let Jesus show you what he sees. Let him lift your head and take you higher to a new horizon. So I'm just going to finish with a quote by uh, one of my heroes, Oswald Chambers. Has anyone heard of Oswald Chambers? I thought, John, you might have. I don't know if he wrote this or whether this is just put in his book, um, but it's unbelievable. He says, Since mine eyes have looked on Jesus, I've lost sight of all beside. So enchained my spirit's vision gazing on the crucified. Thank you.